Welcome to the Evoke Inspire podcast with me, Sarah Jane Tobin, proudly sponsored by hermoney.ie. Hermoney is your trusted partner in financial empowerment, catering specifically to professional and self-employed women. Join us as we dive into inspiring stories of entrepreneurship, personal growth, and the world of finance. Hermoney.ie's mission is to provide women with the knowledge, tools, and confidence to thrive financially and in life. I'm joined in studio today by Lynn Hunter, founder and director of Hunter Communications and the Collaborations Agency. Lynn's keen eye for talent has solidified her position as the go-to person for brands, businesses and content creators in Ireland, but she took the long way around to get there. Um, so first off, Lynn, thank you so much for joining us on Inspire. Uh, I'm dying to get to the bottom of your story <laughs> because I think everybody has these preconceived ideas about what the PR industry is, particularly in Ireland. Um, and I'm I'm full sure you are going to absolutely trash some of my ideas. <laughs> but I wanted yeah. to get to the bottom of you first and foremost to find out how exactly it was you arrived in the position you're in now. So tell us a little bit about Lynn when she was a little girl. Oh the kind of things uh, you enjoyed studying, <laughs> the kind of games you enjoyed playing. Yeah. Um, I suppose my story is a little bit different. So... I I grew up in Sutton. Uh, I went to Saint Sabine in Sutton, and um, I probably wouldn't have been the most academic. Let's put it that way. Okay. <laughs> but uh, unbeknownst, I was dyslexic. Okay. But it was never diagnosed when I was in school. So I suppose a lot of uh, my teachers would have said that I was always excelled in sport. Mm-hmm. But when it came to the classroom, I was easily distracted. So right. I was always up for the fun, always up for the crack. And uh, there was 32 boys in my class and there was eight girls. So we were always, I was always in the thick of it. And my mom, uh, I'm the youngest of five and uh, God, I think she was dying to get rid of me. So I was put in school. I She went up to the headmaster up in Fintons National School and asked him if he'd take me in the September. So I was put in school when I was three. So I was always the youngest in my class. <laughs> right. But probably the one with the most divilment because, you know, I was always up for the fun. So first years, I suppose, in school, um, I excelled maybe uh, from a creative point of view mm. and from a sports point of view, but I was never particularly academic. Mm. But if I had an interest in a subject, I really went whole hog for it. When I went to secondary school, again, excelled in tennis, hockey, you know, mm. all the sort of this, the sports teams, I was always in the thick of it, um, come from a quite a sporty family. But again, when it came to my studies, I was probably more up for the crack yeah. than actually uh, the, the, the schoolwork. And that's what my friends always laugh at me now. Like they were always the real studious ones, but I've probably done better than any of them <laughs> in, in, oh. in the long term. Oh, it's but, always the way. <laughs> but I, I suppose uh, my dad always instilled and and my mom um always instilled you know you can do whatever you want which which was great mm. so being the youngest of five and we were all quite competitive um I always had this in me that I knew I would I would always do something mm-hmm. for myself my grandmother was always an entrepreneur I always knew I kind of wanted to work for myself yeah I didn't know quite what I wanted to do so when uh, I was in fifth and sixth year I was dying to get out of Ireland I was like where am I going to go and one of my best pals Sue O'Connell who had the beautiful store Smock I don't know if you remember Smock Mm, in Dublin Um, she was like I'm going to go to Paris and be an au pair Mm. I was like do you know what 
I'll go with you. So another pal of ours, Laura Cave, uh, the three of us after we did our leaving search and two days later we off, we trotted to Paris. Oh my gosh. So... You were only 17 because you were 17, yeah. Wow. Yeah, 17. I would have been 16. How did your parents take that now? Because that's a big thing. Um, I think my son's 15. The thought of him going away. Yeah. Well, I I suppose because I was the youngest and I think at that stage my mum knew. I was very headstrong. I was just going to go off and do whatever I wanted. So off I went to be a jeune fille au pair. So for three years. Oh my gosh, your French is amazing. <laughs> I need a <laughs> moment. <laughs> um, but I worked as a jeune fille au pair for the first year. And then I worked for Disneyland Paris yeah. for two years. So I was really in the thick of it. So I uh, hung out with Parisians. I even spoke Verlong, which is like Dublin slang, if you, you know, the, yeah. the, the equivalent um, I had an absolute ball, but it really gave me great groundwork to work with people from different nationalities, different religions, different beliefs. And I think that really sort of gave me so much insight into yeah. how people worked, how people are and how to be respectful of people from different backgrounds, different ethnic, different religions. So it really gave me an insight into world outside uh, Ireland I suppose yeah and but also how to work alongside people yeah and how to get the best out of people and how to be respectful of other people and that really gave me the groundwork for my career yeah. I think well I think as well it's you were saying uh, with dyslexia I think mm. a lot of people who have conditions like that they they do mm. excel in other areas and creativity mm. must have been yours so you were yeah. probably absorbing yeah. an awful lot of what was around you and the cultural experiences and as you said like the people around you I mean was there any particular moments in Paris where you kind of were stunned or were you know stopped in your tracks and and something that you'd never experienced or witnessed before that you know has now become something of an everyday occurrence to you yeah I think when I started speaking and dreaming in French that I I actually used to nearly dream in French and I would nearly talk to myself in French and I just couldn't believe that there was like it 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 took about it say about 20 months Mm -hmm. and it was that turning point where I even taught to myself in French and I was like wow actually I can do this I can achieve this and even my accent was Parisian so I was like yes happy days (laughs) yeah so for me also it really sort of opened my eyes to different cultures Mm. and I I just loved the hustle and bustle and the busyness and Mm. the architecture and even the shops down to the markets. Like I've I've such a thing, a passion for antiques and um, interiors that we always went to Porta Clinium Court on a Sunday and, you know, spent Mm. hours going through all the markets and just the different cultures, you know, the Africans, you know, who who spoke, you know, who who, who sold lots of different things and in the markets and the Moroccan with the herbs the spices yeah. the Algerians I'd never tasted any food it like that so before it is so multicultural isn't and, it and you know for me that was such an eye opener as a lover of food yeah. you know it really opened my eyes and my world to so many different cultures and that probably was the best education I could ever have got amazing I mean until I was dragged back to that's Dublin that's what I was just going to say I mean you speak even now speak about it so passionately I've been to Paris once yeah. I was in Paris once no, it was I know and to be honest 
I was blown away. I was there for, I think, 36 hours. And I... For the rugby? I was there for the rugby. (laughs) It was amazing. It was (laughs) was fantastic. I only got the one trip over. But I have to tell you, I had... Now, I lived the French dream. I've I've been in France three times this year. Once to Paris, once to Val d'Isere, once to a place called Le Mans. But it was the dream. And I can't wait to go back. But, like, how do they tear you away from there to come back to... Dublin and when when was that was it um oh god so that was so I I I was I was pulled back when I was 20 so my mom was like seriously would you just come home because my (laughs) girlfriends had left and And you were on your own and I was there but but I had lots of Parisian friends Mm. so I was living the dream yeah so they were like look there's a brilliant course tourism and travel um will you please come back and it's with French so I was like, oh, okay. So I came back and I did tourism and travel with French. And whilst I was doing that, I saw an advert uh, for Virgin Atlantic were um, uh, advertising for cabin crew. Right. So I was dream. That's <laughs> what I want to do. So I applied for that. I got it. And while I was with Virgin, I then saw British Airways were advertising for crew with French. Uh, so you had to speak a language okay. so I applied for that and I got it yeah. so I then worked for British Airways for five years and I was an in-flight supervisor uh, for the last three years I think I know a few few of my friends like mm. work for CityJet and things like that mm. and it looks like such a glamorous thing from mm. the outside similar to, to what mm. your career is now mm. it looks so glam from the mm. outside but an awful lot of work goes in oh, behind the scenes yeah definitely like what you know I mean tell me about the bad days and um, well, if you think person. about it, you know, like you're working uh, really long hours, like you're getting up sometimes at three o'clock in the morning, you could be working, um, you know, if a flight is delayed or mm. whatever. Um, you're also dealing again with lots mm. of passengers, disgruntled passengers. But you also, I've never laughed so much in all my life. Okay. Like I had an absolute ball. So I met some real characters, again, from all walks of life, from all different different nationalities. And that's one thing that British Airways really prided themselves. Mm. You know, there was, you know, I worked alongside people from lots of different religions, from different backgrounds. And really, it sort of gave me that skill set, again, to sort of, you know, work with people and yeah. understand people from different backgrounds and their, you know, how they work and it's just I'm always really interested in people and how people work and I love observing people Mm -hmm. and I love sometimes I quite like a difficult person because I love to see if we can find common ground Mm -hmm. and how we work through that but British Airways you know they just gave you so many skills like I was doing like I I, you know they gave me the opportunity to go on and learn Italian and you know to you know I went on lots of different courses and really gave me that skill set and offered it to me so if if like yes there was negatives sometimes but the positives outweighed that by far and like to go from a, a job like that where you know with a big multinational security chicken or beef <laughs> chicken or beef <laughs> ice always, and a slice <laughs> always go for the chicken um, <laughs> um, but to go from a multinational yeah. like that where you do have job security and you do have all these you know perks that are so like you know you if you're working for yourself, you don't have these opportunities. Mm. Like what swayed you and how did you decide the time was right to actually 
take the leap of faith? Was there a next step or was there a day that you just went enough or? 100%. I was, I was bored. I I got bored and I, and I was getting cheeky and I was getting, you know, I was having too much fun. So I just was like, you know what, I think I need to change a scene. So again, I, um, my grandmother had just passed away and she had, um, a beautiful apartment in Sutton. And my sister was renting those two beds. So my dad was like, look, why don't you come home for a while? See what you want to do. So I got a job. (laughs) I'm very good friends with him. He's actually my client. I I won't name him. (laughs) He'll he'll kill (laughs) me. He'll know once he Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, But his father had a very successful travel business. So Steve said to me, why don't you come and, you know, work Mm. work for my dad I lasted six weeks I was fired it was the first job I was ever fired from so I the first day I went in and I was like hi how are you and full of personality and wanted to chat to you know people and and you know if somebody said I'm off to Paris I was like oh you've got to go here you've got to go there and the supervisor oh my god she couldn't bear me (laughs) she couldn't bear she was like you can't be stop suggesting that. stop that you can't do yeah. that and I was like what why I'm only and being helpful yeah like I I just didn't I, I and it, it wasn't I felt I was caged in right. because you had to sit behind a desk you had to be there at half eight you had to leave at half five just wasn't my I was so used to you know flying here there and everywhere and mm-hmm. chatting to people so we they decided to part ways with me. Oh God, how did you, like, I think that's... I was devastated. I remember, I, I remember, uh, I remember I rang my mom and they sent me downstairs to count uh, ticket stubs or something. And they were just being so mean to me. And I, I remember ringing my mom going, I just want to come home. She's like, you won't, you're not a quitter. You yeah. don't walk out of anywhere. It's not how we brought you up. You've got to stay tough. You'll and they did you a work it out. Then. So I was like, okay, okay. And she was like, stop crying. And uh, so anyway, I I, 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 I I, did it and probably rang a couple of friends or whatever. And um, they were like, look, we just don't think this is for you. And it was probably the best thing they could have ever See, done. This is the thing. I think a lot of people, particularly like um, who have had successful mm. careers and things like that, they've had that moment where they've been let down. They've been let down so badly that they, yeah. you know, and they feel that they've let themselves down. Oh, but yeah. But that can actually be the turning point that oh, makes 100%. you. 100%. Like, I've had so many careers, highs and lows. And yeah. I always say to my team, like, I live by this ethos. There's always a solution. And that is my, like, tagline. Like, they always laugh and work. But there is, no matter what, there's always a solution. Yeah. And there's always common ground that you will eventually find even in the most difficult situations, there's always common ground between people yeah. and you've got to find that and then you can move on. But, you know, I then was very lucky, a very good friend of mine, Chantal Horan, her uncle or her brother-in-law, um, Barry Connolly, owned Richmond Marketing. Okay. Still does to this day. Uh, they're actually a client of mine now and um, they offered me a job um, being a sales rep. Okay. So totally I'm different again. Totally different. And I excelled because they gave me a car, gave me a phone, and they were like, Trusted go you. and make it happen. Yeah. And I did. So you had to be your own 
boss and entrepreneur so I had to they used to call me high heels and hot meals because I used to <laughs> trounce around town in my high heels hi you know going into all the different uh, entree accounts <laughs> and uh, I had to make relationships with bar owners and bar managers because we had to get our products in there yeah and it was you know quite humbling at the start because I didn't know anybody but by god I you know was all over Dublin and I was busy and I had to go meet people and talk to them about the product and that's what I loved and you know I love meeting new people and explaining if I'm passionate about something that passion really comes out and I think that definitely you know is you know part of you know sort of my makeup as such but um so I did that for five years and then I went agency side Right. Which was What's the difference? difference yeah, because I, I had a brief stint in PR a few mm. years ago and it wasn't for me because mm. it just it just wasn't for me. It wasn't yeah. I, I have so much admiration for people yeah. who do it. Yeah. Because I think people don't realise, particularly from the outside, all the thought and the planning that goes into every single campaign, nothing happens by accident. Uh, and you know, it's just it's phenomenal the work that goes into it. But you know, I always work for agencies. Mm. Um, so what exactly is the difference? And where did you learn more? So brand side, if you're the brand owner, yeah. obviously, you know, you have your strategy and you bring in agencies to assist you, whether it's above the line or whether it's below the line mm-hmm. or P or, or, you know, digital agency. Whereas if you're the agency, you could have potentially 30 clients. Mm-hmm. So everybody has, you know, you, and for you've you, got a lot that's of something you'd probably prefer, right? With, yeah, with the variety. Oh, big time! Like right. you've got so many um, different campaigns, and I suppose uh, our job is the brand is always the hero. Mm-hmm. That's what I always say to the team: the brand comes first, regardless of anything. So, how do we make noise for the brand? Mm-hmm. And I suppose for us, it's all the way from ideation right the way through to reporting. Mm. So it's exciting. And whether you have a big budget or a small budget, sometimes actually the smaller budgets, you can get a lot more, um, I suppose, job satisfaction out of the smaller budgets because okay. you can really achieve phenomenal things for teeny, 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 you tiny budgets. You have to be so creative. And, and <laughs> like I have to say, I have, I'm so lucky, the team, I'm blessed. They're really creative yeah. and they care. And that's, that passion really comes through because I'm passionate so you know I need other people to be as passionate as me about something this is the thing that I wanted to kind of get to the the bones of because when you are so in love with what Mm. you're doing how do you find the people how do you select the people Mm. that you think are on your wavelength to come on board as your team to help your business grow What's the what? What are the attributes that you look for, and what do you so need to succeed? So interesting that you say that. I've actually I'm actually interviewing somebody today at one o'clock. Okay, <laughs> so I have it down. I have it down to a T now. Yeah. First and foremost, yes, education is important. Mm-hmm. However, it's your passion. It's the person, and I, you know, I didn't have. I don't have huge qualifications behind me, mm-hmm. but I have qualifications in life, like what we just spoke yeah, about. Yeah. And I think that comes through so first and foremost are they a team player will they care you know will they turn up Mm. will they be punctual will they give you know that little secret sauce will they you know if stuff has to get done will they stay and get Mm. it done and all those sort of things that's what I want in a a team player Mm. you know regardless of your education but 
uh, usually what we do is we meet and greet in a very informal. So we usually have a coffee. We have a chat. I ask them about what their interests are. You know, we have conversation about whatever, about their life. Mm. And I can kind of, because people are nervous, so you've got to give people an opportunity to sort of relax. And, you know, get the best out of them. Whereas if you're, if you go in all like, okay. Sitting in front of you're the not gonna table. Get the, no, yeah. you're not going to get the best out of people. So I always like to keep it light mm. for the first intro. And I can usually tell I'm quite a good judge of character within the first five minutes if we're going to click or not. Mm-hmm. Because some of my guys, like, I don't have a huge turnover, which touch wood. <laughs> don't leave me if you're listening to this. <laughs> I don't. You've got um, the magic yeah, box right, exactly. right now. So like Sarah's been with me 14 years. Wow. You know, so That's... Faye's been with me six. So I'm, and Jess has been with me over five. So I'm very lucky. Yes. And, 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 and I really appreciate that. But I will know whether we will gel. Now, don't get me wrong. I have made mistakes that I wasn't right for them mm-hmm. or they weren't right for me. So it's not their fault. It's not you know, a perfect it's a formula. Mutual thing. Yeah. So it's not a perfect formula. So... Usually what we do is we I, I try and have a general conversation, their, their likes, their dislikes. And then if I feel, okay, they're kind of interesting. I, qu- I quite like to know they're kind of, you know, I want to know more about that person. We will then bring them back for a second interview. Yeah. But usually we'll give them a task to right. go away. And so a written complete. task or... A written task or it could be a creative task. Yeah. Come back with ideas for X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Or say we have a client come back to me, how would you launch this? Mm -hmm. So at least I get an indication of how they think and how they work and what their ideas and what secret sauce they can bring to my business Mm. because I want to learn from them. So it's not just me. I always, like, I wouldn't be the smartest person in the room, but by God, I employ people who are smarter than me. So I think that's such an important thing that I think a lot of a lot of employers and successful business owners and stuff like that. I think you have to realize the power of your team around you and absolutely make the most of what you have on staff. One hundred percent. Like we have a very open conversations in the office and they'll challenge me. And I love that. Now, sometimes I mightn't. I might want to hang on a second here. How dare you? But then I have to go, no, hang on hear them out so you know they challenge me and whether I like it or not I kind of appreciate it because I could be wrong so we call (laughs) one of our girls fiery Faye and Faye doesn't take any nonsense she's gas and she's like what's up with you what's going on here and she's able (laughs) to (laughs) yeah and she's able to pull me back and I'm like actually do you know what you're right yeah and one thing about me though is I have to say I never hold grudges or I don't I I move on from things pretty quickly so I just think that's really important as well is that you don't hold on to things because life is too short and do you know what we're here to do good work mm. and sometimes I see it so many times and I see it time and time again that people let their ego take over the whole job yeah. and I think that is wrong and I've seen it with clients I've seen it with people we represent that when the ego takes over mm-hmm. that's when things start to fall apart I think it's it's very interesting what you're saying though like about delegating to your team and things like that mm. and also I think that might be something from when you were younger and stuff like that and growing up mm. um, you know having to step back I suppose being the youngest of five and stuff having to step back and listen to other people No I don't know if my family would agree <laughs> with that <laughs> 
Well, at Christmas time, we were all my niece killing each other. <laughs> literally, we were all talking at the same time, and my sister is like a machine gun. She's like, da, da, da. like she's like <laughs> verbal diarrhea, and she asks you a question and then she answers for you. Oh, great! So I don't know if I agree on that one. My family would probably roar laughing if they heard that. <laughs> well, maybe it's a practice that you put into play outside of the, the home. Yeah, outside, <laughs> not with my family. That's um, for sure. But like when you were starting your business, I know you said a few times that you know you you, you didn't necessarily go and be educated to, to no. do it or anything like no. that but were there certain things you put in play I mean before you started up like you went from having these multinationals with all the supports and stuff in the background what did you do for yourself did you set up a pension plan or did you even look that far ahead yeah well my dad God rest his soul the first every time have you set up your pension love have you set up your pension like that was in great because he was yeah. you know my dad uh, <clears throat> was was very old school um, you know highly educated really smart man and he always he had a brilliant pension my dad was um the ceo of the staff negotiation board so he was always 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 that was ingrained get in yourself him. sorted get yourself sorted yeah. so with ba i had a brilliant pension mm-hmm. so when i came back he was like you need to continue that so luckily thanks dad <laughs> I have my British pension which I actually still pay into wow okay and I also have my Irish pension that's which is it. great that's incredible like yeah because I think one of the things that a lot of us don't actually think about the fact mm. that you know there is going to come a day where we just want to take the foot off the gas like I don't think any of us want to no. concede to the fact that you know we'll be too old to work because I'll never be too old to work <laughs> sorry yeah. I'll never do. but you might but work in a different a industry different way, yeah. so I've started that already yeah like I've got I've you know so I have, this is yeah. yeah so this is the exciting thing that I was very excited to kind of talk to you about because you kind of after all your success you you've identified another little niche for yourself and it's it's blown up and you're one of the pioneers really of it in thank you in <laughs> Ireland so tell us yeah. a little bit about influencers and how you got on board with this thing and how you've actually made this yeah grow. well we're about to launch something else pretty soon so okay. watch this space the ground. in uh, 10 days actually we're launching something else and that is the future as well so um I have always worked with content creators mm-hmm. uh, back in the day I was the account director on Firestore of Nivea so we always, always, always worked with beauty bloggers back in the day. Yes. So that would have been about 12 years ago. So they would have written blogs about, you know, r- a- about the different brands. And we always use them. And I kind of was like, okay, this is really potentially growing. And then um, I really sort of identified when Instagram, you know, really mm-hmm. sort of came around and people were creating content and I suppose the OGs you know like Anushka like Louise and Lauren and you know all these girls were creating great content and I was like do you know what there's there's a missing link between the brand and the content creator somebody that can negotiate and somebody who understands both sides and somebody who really sort of understands the value that they're bringing but also get the brand to be educated about how it works well that's the thing I mean influencers I think um with with the way things are going these days like talk to me a little bit about what they're worth to a brand well hugely like I mean you know to use a case look at the Kardashians yeah like oh my god <laughs> forget like, they sell everything but if you think about it you know people are on their phones like I 
shudder at my screen time. Hmm. But I am a marketeer's dream because I swipe up and I purchase. And like my, my best friend's with my DHL guy. He knows me. Like I actually got him a Christmas present. <laughs> oh God. Like, like I thought I was bad with a takeaway. No. Sent me a and bottle I'm of beer. I'm like literally sneaking the packages in. Like he's literally, he's like, all right. And I'm nearly embarrassed. And my neighbor is like, oh, I'm getting more stuff. And I'm like, oh, it's not for me. Like I actually yeah. lie sometimes. It's not for me. <laughs> yes, we've all been that soldier. Oh my God. But anyway, so... You know, it's it's so valuable if you think about the stats and insights, the eyes on potentially your mm. product. Like, look, for example, Garen. I'm okay. sure Garen yes. Music, right? Uh, probably our biggest signing of last year. What's his phrase again? He has a very familiar... I'm delicious. I'm delicious. Yeah, he is... <laughs> He's gas. He is the nicest guy. He is I exactly actually met how... him about five weeks ago. Brilliant. And he is, he's not what I expected. He's so he's gorgeous. He's so gorgeous. He's, he's so smart. He's like he's, a Viking. He is, <laughs> but he is incredibly intelligent yes. and he is so talented. He is, he's amazing. Like mm. I can't speak more highly of him. But if you think about him, like we signed him, I think he had 50,000 followers. Where was he based? Uh, he's he, Ballina. Up Mayo. Yeah, the West wow. is the best. <laughs> um, but he is from, he's he's about to move up to Dublin, actually. Um, us dubs who will finally grab oh, him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Stuck him into the dark side. Exactly. Uh, the good side. The good side, sorry. Um, but uh, so how he has grown because he is, and I, I, I know I sound like such a marketeer when I say this, his authentic self, but he is. He is who he is mm. online and offline. And he's got that secret sauce. He really does. He's so charismatic. He's just so funny and so genuine yeah. that people want that. People buy into that. So he is now working with so many different global brands. He just did an amazing campaign with Kerry Gold Butter. They adore him. With Diggers. Um, he did a brilliant campaign with Kyo's Crisps. Like every brand wants to work with him because his engagement is so phenomenal. And you know, I, the one thing that brands, I think sometimes and agencies get wrong, you got to align the right person with the right brand yeah. because consumers aren't stupid. So if it feels a bit, oh, how come they're working with that Forced. brand? Force. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. Or if a brand, like, for example, we'll work with brands and they'll we, 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 we have our own briefing sheets. So we'll send them to the brand. We're like, populate that and, you know, give us your top three key messages or what do you want to get across? Mm. And you got to understand that a brand is excited so they want to get as much out. But if you're trying to get too much like it, it's like the first kind of six seconds or so. Yeah. Like that's insanity because yeah. I don't even realize. I know. But and like then... li literally everyone's got ADHD. <laughs> like we all are like next, next. So if you don't capture the audience yeah. and if you've got to, if it's too forced, it's like and the brand, so, you know, it's, it's snore. Boring, yeah. like next. So if you're not, the whole reason, and this is what I say to brands, Content creators know their audience. Content creators know their audience. Why do you want to work with this person if you want to change how they are? Yes. And be who you want them to be. I think but that's, that's not. I think that's the biggest difference with, yes. the, with the influencers and, and yes. content creators. I think it is the fact that you're looking at something that you wouldn't necessarily see in a newspaper ad or on, on, on a television ad. Because, as you said, it's, it's completely authentic to themselves. 
But they are starting to clamp down now. Like they've brought on, they've brought in all these rules and regulations now about the Rightly hashtag. Rightly so, ad though, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, how's I, that impacting your clients um, and the collaborations agency? It's it's not really to tell you the truth. Like we would work closely with the ASAI. We just actually did a workshop with them last yeah. week where our guys uh, they did a digital workshop, which is really helpful. So we welcome it. So I understand where they're coming from because you know at the end of the day, you know people are promoting products and an brands, and it is yeah. an advertisement yeah. whether people are paid paid for it or not like I don't know if you saw the whole thing on TikTok in America this massive big beauty influencer who's got over 30 million followers uh, a guy had a self-tanning product and he asked her to promote it for free as a favor she doesn't really know him she said she'd get to it she didn't do it within the time frame he wanted and he, he did a whole uh, you know he 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 dragged her across social because she of it was. so but there was no contract and anyway that's but 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 it just shows you he's now got all this publicity for free so it was yeah. nearly he was he kind of knew what he was doing but well, with that's, brands that's very, like that's oh very it's, it's, it's 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 horrible it's, it's, and it's, yeah and that's the side of social i don't like yes i just think it's there's always a person in the end behind mm. you know there's you know somebody's mother brother sister daughter yeah. you know I'm sure yeah. with your kids you know the last thing oh, you, you die if you know somebody was dragging your kids I, through yeah, it yeah I it's, mean, it's horrific and and even now for you as a parent you know your kids are going out but where are they going and who's filming them yeah. could end up somewhere or you know it it's does. a whole different side to I it, it that is, is one of those things. scary yeah it is I, I really yeah. agree with you I think like I, I've had this conversation before like my son's 15 and mm. he absolutely like I am um, the bane of his embarrassment because I have a social media platform. He has platforms, but he's he he's afraid to kind of put himself out there because I think they've actually been a little bit scared into into kind of looking at things going wrong mm. and kind of going, oh God, I don't want to be the butt. Well, that's kind of cool but that he's is. not. He's doing his own thing. It I is. like that individuality. Oh yeah, but you're so. like he he stalks other like he has listen. presence. He's just <laughs> listen. He just like do like so, some people. I, oh, I wouldn't be on social, but they're but they're, they're on social. Yeah, they're on social. <laughs> I think everyone, whether they like yeah. it or not, yeah. even if they don't. Yeah. Have their own profile. They have a yeah. work profile yeah. or some way, shape, yeah. or form. So it really kind of is the future, right? Yeah, no, definitely. But again, sorry, just to get back to the point on ASAI, you know, it is really important for people to adhere to the rules and regulations, mm -hmm. like in print, like TV. You know, you have to, you know, you have to be respectful. And, you know, it's about, to, like, I've been doing this a really long time and, if people don't know how to do it at this stage, there's something wrong. Yeah. So yes, people can make genuine mistakes and we're all human at the end of the day. And, you know, you can be forgetful, but, you know, they call me Hawkeye in the office because I'm <laughs> literally, I'm like texting them going, you got to take that down and put add on. So it's just reiterating that. Yes. So it's my job and the team's job to educate. Stay and abroad. that's what we do. So we, we try and educate our content creators and our talent mm. to actually be mindful about what they're doing and ensure that we adhere to the rules and regulations. So because it's a business. Oh, yeah. And, and for them too like yeah, they, I mean exactly. most of these people so are they've got to be they've got to think you know mm -hmm. like a business and you know put their girl, big girl pants on and do it properly yeah how many I mean 
I was looking at your your uh, list of of personalities. You've got a yeah. huge and it, from a, such a varied sector as well. You've got yeah. Darren. Yeah. Tell us about the kind of people you take on and what you look for in in a content creator before you um, take them on. Well, I suppose uh, diversity is hugely important for me. Mm-hmm. We, we always have. It's not just a buzzword. We, we, we yeah. always have. So you know, we work with phenomenal drag queens. You know, Davina Divine, mm-hmm. Victoria's Secrets, Fantastic. who are just so bloody talented. Yeah. They're they're incredible. <gasps> uh, the I'm Grandman lads who are just the funniest people I they're they're hilarious um you know black and Irish we were the first you know people to really champion them mm. um you know like with their podcast etc uh Leon is is phenomenal and their book was so successful last year which is great to see um I suppose for me it's that it's that something something it's that secret sauce that I will see I've just spotted somebody else who I think is going to be huge for 24. Like he is going to be. that's exciting. I I spotted him and he reached out to me yesterday. So I'm driving to meet meet him on Thursday, which I'm very excited about. His backstory is phenomenal. His, it's just, for me, it's the backstory. It's, it's, some people just have that charisma and it's really resonating with his audience. And that's what I always say to brands, you know, when they're selecting somebody, there's kind of, you know, a few tiers, you know, reach relevance and, you know, does it resonate with the audience? Mm -hmm. That's really important. And when I look at a brand and look at our content, I always want to marry them on those three points. Mm -hmm. And will that really sort of, come across well with the campaign Mm. and the best campaigns always is when a brand actually wants to collaborate with the content creator and take the content creators ideas Mm -hmm. across yeah so that's when campaigns really work well Mm -hmm. but when a brand again to go back to it wants no they've got to say this this and this so I suppose for me because I've got two agencies I can see it from both sides Mm -hmm. but for me I'm constantly educating my clients well this is better returns yeah Yeah. so I always ask the question but why you know what's what's your rationale I'm respectful of your brand and obviously I want the best because you're my client but why when why do you want to work with this person if you won't let them be who they are? It's not going to work. Fair point. So I'll give them examples of stuff when it has worked, when they've both collaborated mm. and then they get it. But some people are just so headstrong. But what we always do is we ask for the brief first. Mm-hmm. We share it with the content creator and they will see if they want to do it or not. Yeah. And if they don't, we'll then you know, we'll be respectful and we'll go back to the brand and go, well, actually they don't want to because of X, Y, and Z. And mm. then the brand might go, oh, okay, okay. We'll ditch that. We'll or... ditch that. Or what's their concept? And then we'll get them to come back with a yeah. concept and they'll go, oh, actually that will work. So then it gets into sort of the shooting of it. We'll come back with mm. the content. They'll have a look at it. They might make tweaks or whatever. We usually only allow for one round of, 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 okay. of, of amendments. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, if you have a rock solid brief and if you've signed off on the concept, you've signed off on that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's like done. shooting the TV ad, it's done. Yeah. So if you come back and obviously there will be a few tweaks, but if there's a really good sort of you list them correctly, mm-hmm. 
they go back, they edit, and then you're like, oh, actually, no, I don't want, you know, no, you, you can't, can't, you can't keep yes. doing that. So, you know, we're not shooting an I, Oscar movie here. I do think know? that's that's a really good point. That's something that I experienced when I worked in PR mm. is, is, you know, I can completely understand and appreciate where the brands are coming from. But sometimes it's just bang for the book. You know, you, you're paying X amount. You cannot. And I have that, that. That's one of the last questions I have to ask you about, like, the bang for the book. Is this a legitimate long-term career, do you think, for these content creators? Oh, listen, this is a juggernaut that's not stopping. There's really? something, oh my God, absolutely. Like, if anything, yeah, there it, it, it might tweak slightly. Um, like, look at TikTok. Like, yeah. it is just a juggernaut that's not going anywhere. Like, it's nearly bigger than Google. Yeah. Like, from an <laughs> SEO point of view, you know, yeah. people go to, I learned it from TikTok. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've seen their new TV ad, um, I haven't actually yet. Uh, there's, Strange that uh, they're actually doing a TV ad. Yeah, well, they're smart. Well, yeah. a traditional media is just as important. Yeah. Just as important. I will always, always, always say that, that, you know, traditional mm. media is, is super important. But they did a TV advert where uh, a, a man in his 50s is is wants to work out. So he starts, you know, using tins of beans with it with his son in the in in the kitchen and you know he moves on to milk and then he's like actually do you know what let's go for a walk and and the whole premise is I learned that from TikTok yeah and because he was obviously watching videos of other people you know training and yeah. all the rest but if you look at even what they're doing uh you know all the sporting events you know from rugby to football they're involved with everything yeah that's so true, yeah. it's it's and now they've got their shop front and you know, it's just incredible that content creators got so many avenues for revenue now. Yeah. And as you're saying there about, you know, your your thoughts about traditional media and stuff like that, I suppose with your two businesses, mm. you are across both spheres very yeah. successfully and leading the way in both. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but like, you, you must be very proud of yourself. Um, I don't really stop. Like, I'm not really somebody, I suppose that's my thing for 24, to tell you the truth. To talk to yourself. Up. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not great at it. Like other people are out there, you know, shouting and I'm just like, oh God, I've I've kind of done more, but I don't shout about yeah. it. And I don't know, maybe it's in a generation thing. Maybe I'm slightly older that we were, you know, always sort of told, you know, you don't rein it in. You don't want to be the in. one in the corner. Exactly. Thinking, Everyone look at me. No, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I am mad about myself. But <laughs> I, I said to my friends the other day, I am a show off, but I'm not a poser. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I am kind of mad about myself. But um, I suppose that is my thing for 24, for sure. But sometimes I do sit back. I had one of those moments yesterday where I sat back and the team were all, everybody was working together. We've got so many great ideas. And I was like, whoa, this is why I get up in the morning and I want to come in. I wanted to create a space a beautiful space where people felt comfortable and people felt part of it mm. and everybody has a voice and everybody can have, bring something to the table whether it's a good idea or a bad idea sometimes you can get a bad idea but you can get something out of it and you can yes, make it into a good idea it. so I try and create a space that everybody feels heard and listened to mm. now don't get me wrong I'm not oh come by I and all the rest like <laughs> there is you know sometimes there can be you know but you know that's just life but I want to have a space where people laugh and enjoy their work because I think that's when you get the best out of people. So I'm always, you know, whether we do breakfasts together as a team, uh, we go off uh, for weekends. You know, our mm. Christmas party was 
hilarious this year. <laughs> it was absolutely great crack. So we always try and do something different yeah. that everybody just, we don't talk shop. That is my one thing. We're not allowed to talk yeah. about work. And if anyone in the corner I see, I'm like, zip it. Yeah. We're here to have fun and to actually talk about other stuff. Let's leave the work where exactly. it is and let's enjoy ourselves. So whether we do classes in Perpetua together, um, you know, whether, uh, you know, we clean up the beach. I know I sound like I'm I'm the best person ever, but we actually do do that, th- <laughs> well, things like really that. Nice, and that's, Yeah, you know, and we worked with a loan, like, you know, we all sort yeah. of volunteered with a loan oh, and, gosh, you know, or we go out to the DSPCA and we walk the dog. So we always try and do something that is giving back. We work with um, East Wall Here for All, with the refugee centres, you know, all that sort of stuff. So it's it's things that mean something to us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's good for team bonding. Yeah, I And totally team agree. spirit. I, th- I think you're, you're 100% right. I think it does, you know, the success of a team does very much depend on how the personalities work together and how time. people, it's it, like as much as, you, you know, work stays in the work and, you know, you, you can't bring your personal lives into the office. Yeah. I do think though that there are certain things that you have to be able to, to kind of, get along with definitely but I wouldn't have a business Mm. I wouldn't have a successful business if I didn't have a great team yeah like I I can't do everything so I have to learn to delegate and you know I restructured last year and it was probably the best business decision I ever made was restructuring Mm. because now I have our group director who's over both and she's soon to be over the third and we've now restructured where Everybody knows what they're going to do mm-hmm. and everybody knows where we want to get to. So everybody's on this path. Same path. And it's really exciting. And there's lots of really great things coming down the line. But it allows, frees me up to do, look at the bigger picture mm-hmm. and to look at our growth and to look where we're going to go next. So it frees up my time. Yeah. Uh, last question. <laughs> on a scale of one to ten. Yeah. Satisfaction, job satisfaction, career satisfaction. Where do you stand? Um, I'm going to say eight out of 10 because I always think there's room for growth. And on a personal level, this is my year for growth. And this is my year for really sort of understanding my business where I want to be in five years time. So I love my job, but I want to learn. There's still so much I want to learn and I want to grow and I want to collaborate with lots of different people. I'm a big believer in getting out and talking to different people. So that's my biggest thing for 24 is collaborating more with people and learning. I'm I'm still so hungry to learn. Absorbing it all in. Yeah. And I, you know, I, you know, I'm, I love podcasts. So thank you so much for inviting me on this, but I'm fascinated by people. I'm fascinated to hear people's stories. So that to me is is really interesting. Lynn, I can't thank you enough for coming in and telling <laughs> us your story today because I actually genuinely have learned, feel like I've learned so oh, much. No, um, not at all. You're Waffler. fantastic. Not at all. You're fantastic. And thank you so much for no, coming in today. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. So thanks. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Evoke Inspire Her Business Empowering Women in Diverse Professions podcast sponsored by hermoney.ie. Be sure to subscribe for more inspiring stories and expert insights on thriving in various industries. Remember, financial empowerment begins with knowledge. Hermoney.ie helps you take control of your financial future. So why not visit Hermoney.ie for more information? Until next time, stay empowered and inspired.